You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Well, says little girl, next year tell Santa that the dick goes under the horse, not on top of it. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and thanks for downloading the two. Sorry Excuses Podcast, recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal Sanders. I'm your good buddy Liv. And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 119. The Kenny Drugs edition. (laughs) Kenny Drugs. Hey, uh, speaking of drugs, uh, we got about uh, 48 minutes to get this episode in before uh, before my drugs kick in, I'm uh, fighting a little bit of a cold, so I took some NyQuil in anticipation of getting a good night's sleep. Um, unfortunately, that stuff hits me pretty hard, so we've got about uh, got 40 minutes or so before it kicks in and uh, puts me out of commission. Nice. All right. Uh, yeah, I was really, really pushing it this week. I had... Uh, a big night out in the city on Monday, uh, which we'll get to. I was uh, traipsing around last night in the rain. Um, worked all day. Had to go to some committee meeting, and I wasn't properly attired. And it was raining, so I'm out there in inappropriate weather gear with no umbrella getting drenched it's just a recipe for disaster this time of year so i'm kind of uh fighting the early stages of a cold you know trying to get it before it gets me yeah you got quick on it as madison square garden syracuse basketball games no joke man that was painful in and of itself but throw a uh you know a late night of carousing around the city on top of it it's a recipe for disaster uh, but before we get into that, I want to tell you a little bit about uh, about my afternoon. Um, and it was a, a little strange. Um, yesterday, uh, I woke up and said, I'm going to get myself some coffee. That was my goal for the day, to walk down to the coffee joint and, and, and get a cup of coffee. But uh, noon, two, four, came and went. I had to be out of the house at six for that, uh, for that meeting that I was telling you about uh, or that I mentioned. And... I just never got around to my coffee. So this morning I woke up and I, I said, listen, I'm, I'm going to get some coffee. 10 o'clock rolls around, noon rolls around. By 2 o'clock, finally, I say, listen, I got to get out of this house and I got to go get myself a cup of coffee. <laughs> so I walk, uh, walk down to the coffee shop that I like to frequent and pull myself up a chair, get a cup of coffee and a cookie. And uh, I start doing some work. I'm just kind of, you know, busy work, billables meeting notes you know easy stuff um you know just trying to tr- trying to kill some time what time is this about uh you know two two thirty okay. probably two thirty by the time my uh i got down and and grabbed the coffee and, and i sat down so uh i'm in the coffee shop and this guy comes in an older gentleman you know probably in his mid 60s late 50s mid 60s tops right and and he starts to uh starts to chat it up with the owner ross and and ross isn't isn't the chatted up kind of type you know (laughs) Uh, he's not an asshole he's just from north jersey 
So by definition, he's a dick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's got that attitude. Yeah, it's just, uh, as my brother Jeremy would probably point out, uh, he's probably from Bergen County, you know, the special heirs. All right. So, uh, you know, he's just not, he's just not friendly. He's just, he's just how he is, right? And, I mean, I've known the guy for, for a bunch of years, and, you know, we're friendly, and I'll say hello, and, you know, he'll, he'll treat me with respect as a customer. We're not, you know, we're not buddies. And he doesn't give you that service with a smile kind of deal. Okay. So he's chatting it up with this older guy who seems to have a rapport with him. Um, but he's not one of his buddies because Ross will, will sit down and, and, you know, have a bunch of guys come in that he's friends with. And I know who those guys are. Um, but this guy is just, uh, I don't know, just an acquaintance at best, right? Yeah. So... um they start talking and and he says, "Well, I'm gonna." Uh, the older guy says, "Yeah, listen, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna start up. Uh, uh, should take me a couple hours, um, but uh, when I'm done, people are gonna be excited about this." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes outside and comes back with like a ten foot ladder and and a little bag and and says, "All right, um, here we go." And he climbs up on the ladder and he starts putting up snowflakes. Like handmade snowflakes. Okay. The the kind you would make like if you were a little kid. Picture, you know, an eight and a half an eleven by sheet of paper that you cut out and do the you know, the fold it and cut it and then you got a Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a snowflake, right? Like if you were in kindergarten. Yep. So he's got like a table full of these and I'm like, What what is going on here? Cause it, it's not like Ross to be, you know, overly engaging. Like I said, he's got a bunch of friends that you know that'll come in and he'll pour some coffee for the for the group and they'll sit down and they'll you know and they'll shoot the shit and chit chat. Yeah, he sits with them. But you know he's not making friends. Uh, and I've been around long enough to know that this guy is not in his circle. He's he's new to the game. He's new to town. <laughs> I haven't seen him around all that often. I go to that coffee shop enough. To know, you know, who's regular and who's not a regular. So here's this new guy in town, middle-aged man, with a ten-foot ladder and a bunch of hand-cut snowflakes, and he says to Ross, "They love these things in San Diego. Trust me, they're gonna love them here." <laughs> so this guy comes from San Diego with his snowflake. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's it's a it's a strange scene. One for Ross to be engaging with this character, like this guy sitting home making like children's crafts, and right. Let alone be engaging with a guy who specializes in children cra- children's crafts, holiday children's crafts. But here he is, ten foot ladder, ribbon, tape, and snowflakes, and I'm just I'm mesmerized by this whole scene. Yeah. He's got time to friggin' do snowflakes. That's what mesmerizes me, is that there is a middle-aged man who has devoted free time to making these snowflakes that he's going to hang in America's Cup. The coffee shop is called America's Cup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. And and I... I've been in there enough, enough to be considered a, a regular or a semi-regular, but, um, you know, never got a cup of coffee bought for me or, you know, squeezing out a hello or an acknowledgement from, uh, from Ross, the owner is a big deal in my mind. Um, but here, here this guy is 
total newbie, totally new to town, and he's setting up shop in America's Cup with his homemade snowflake enterprise. <laughs> snowflake enterprise. But here's the thing, and this is what's confusing me, is I can't figure out why he's doing it. Ross isn't the type of guy who's going to be yeah. paying somebody to put up paper snowflakes in his place, right? He barely tolerates customers. He's not going to tolerate some middle-aged man with a with a 10-foot ladder yep. hanging children's crafts. But this guy is committed to it, and he's like a pro. Uh, no two snowflakes are the same. That's, I found that out. Um, he uses some, some high-quality ribbon and, and some high-quality tape because it does not... Um, it does not take paint off when you when you take the the snowflakes down, um, and as best I can tell, he has two motivations for for doing this. He he said uh, yes, of course, Ross. I you know I hope you enjoy this because because I like this this place and I want to make it um, very festive, but uh, I also want to show the people back in San Diego what they're missing. You know, maybe I just, uh, if you'll let me, I'll take a picture so I can send it to them. With a real, hey, how do you do? Oh, is that what he said? <laughs> he said, like, I'll start. Yeah, like exactly. That? Exactly like that. Like he had something to prove to the folks back in San Diego. <laughs> so not only does this guy have the time and energy to have a snowflake enterprise, he's got the resources to have a bi-coastal paper snowflake enterprise. Yeah, I mean, he must have been the guy must be living right if he's able to do that. Exactly, and that's what got me sidetracked. Watching this guy, at first, enamored by the fact that there's a grown man putting up paper snowflakes in my favorite coffee establishment, but then I start to realize, at worst, this guy is like 15 to 17 years older than I am. And I am nowhere near the point in my life where I can envision having the time, energy, focus, and resources to devote a large portion of my day, let alone multiple days. Because during the course of the, the afternoon, I found out it takes him about a full day to do about 30 snowflakes. He does about five an hour needs to take a break because his hand cramps up and you know no two snowflakes are the same and and the whole deal but uh, multiple days out of out of his week uh this individual is making snowflakes for the pure enjoyment of making snowflakes of engaging in an activity that he finds enjoyable and that he takes pride in with zero financial remuneration, at least that I can think of. I don't know his business model, but I can't imagine uh, there's a there's a ton of money in paper snowflakes, despite the fact that each of them is is unique. So I'm thinking, and now I'm starting to to get a little down, right? A little uh, a little self evaluation here, a little comparative study. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm thinking, man, just I don't think I'm ever going to be able to get to that point. It's only 17 years away. Yeah. So so now I'm in my own head, right? I'm worrying about the fact that in, in 60 years, I mean, in 17 years, I'm not going to be in a position 
to devote some time and energy to my passion. Now I'm starting to think, what if I don't find my passion? Yeah, you never know. Maybe it's maybe it's those little paper dolls where all the you know they all connect together or whatever. Maybe it's something like that. Right, because the secret to uh, the secret to happiness uh, in middle aged is in uh, is in paper products. Yeah, as it, it our preschool arts and crafts, your passion. Might as well be, because right now I'm thinking. Well, what the hell is my passion? It's a big question. I'll tell you what's not my passion is driving into New York City to watch Syracuse lose to UConn on a Monday. Especially when it's a weekday like that. Yeah, totally. I I don't like the trip into the city, but the fact that it was on a Monday made it even worse. You got to account for trains. You got to account for travel. You got to account for rush hour. It's just, it's it's a mess. You got planned very early. Yeah, you got to be on top of your game, and there's a couple different ways to get in there. Um, and I really just play it by ear anytime I, I, I head into the city. There's a train here from Asbury, but that you know that takes two hours, but it eliminates the need to park, and you don't have to drive or hit traffic. Um, there is a train station a couple miles up the parkway about uh, half an hour or so that's a, a relatively major hub that you can uh that you can get in and out of but that's you know that's still an hour and a half yeah and um there's a train station right outside of new york city it's only a 10 minute train ride but it costs 30 bucks to park Jeez. yeah and it's monday night football uh and it's monday so that it's going to be full of of commuters so it's a pain in the ass so I did a little research and I found a parking lot right around the corner from MSG, um, some parking app, ParkWiz or, or something like that. Uh, and I was able to pre-book parking, pay online, guarantee my spot, two blocks from the garden, cost me 19 bucks. Damn, that's a good deal. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unheard of. And I'm only 45 miles from the city. So um, the the trick here is getting the um, is getting the right tunnel. Do you go the Lincoln Tunnel or do you go the Holland Tunnel? And the app just updated me in time to take the yeah. Holland Tunnel route. Right. Oh yeah, because it's sensing the the route's telling you where the traffic's worst, right? Yes, and the Holland Tunnel is at the bottom of Manhattan. Lincoln Tunnel is the middle of Manhattan. So. You have to judge it correctly because once you pass the Holland Tunnel, you're done. You're locked in. Yeah. Right? So it, I made that move smooth. We get into, uh, into Hoboken, which is or Jersey City, where the, Lincoln, where, the, where the Holland Tunnel is. No cars. There's, we are literally the only car in the toll booth. Hmm. There's no cars ahead of us. There's hardly any cars behind us. We get in, park, we don't hit traffic in the city, we get to the place, we walk around the corner to the bar, where we're going to meet a bunch of people. Hey, hey, talking about the Syracuse game, go lay down. We're going to meet a bunch of people, they tell us, that we walk in the bar, they tell us go downstairs, that bar is empty, and, and like, it couldn't have been more perfect. So, um, we're, I'm kind of waiting 
for Guy and Lexi to get there. Uh, they have the tickets, and they're meeting a couple different people. But I'm also meeting up with um, with little Teresa and Lou, her husband. Oh, her husband, yes. Her husband, Lou, who had texted Lou me. DeGrasso. Uh, <laughs> Lou DeGrasso. Just Lou Grasso. Lou Grasso. <laughs> Lou Grasso. Um, it's everything, all the social media is here. That's all I... Teresa Di Pasquale Grasso. Yes, okay. Di Pasquale Grasso, right? Yes. So um, I usually see them, I'm going to say one and a half times a year. That's that's on One it. and a half times a year. Yes. There'll be years where we don't get the... Sometimes you see them twice, sometimes you see them once. Exactly. Because yeah. they're usually pretty good for a trip to Asbury Park uh, with the kids to go to the beach. Okay. And... Um, they're always down for the Syracuse event, whatever that should be. But sometimes yeah. they don't, you know, it doesn't occur in the same year. But um, hadn't seen her for a while, so we end up um, we end up meeting up with them. And then I had texted Liz Stillman, who was always my uh, traditionally had been my Syracuse MSG buddy. Yep. For a couple of reasons: one, it was kind of our thing, and two. Um, she would get Mike Bloomberg's tickets and we'd sit behind the bench because she works for Bloomberg uh, Financial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she has access to, to those tickets. She's, she's the head of sales for Bloomberg Radio. So basically, she can go to see any event she wants, right? Yeah, it's awesome. And um, she, I said, hey, listen, I'm coming to the city. Um, you want to meet up? I'm going to go to the Syracuse game. You know, I don't know if you're going, but let's meet up at least for a couple drinks. And she came and she's like, hey, thanks a lot, asshole. She's like, for 10 years, uh, I, we've sat behind the bench to any event you wanted. And uh, you're going to the Syracuse UConn game. You couldn't even give me a heads up. Oh, no. you only call, called, you called her yesterday or Monday? You yeah, yeah, like the day of the game. Yeah, yeah. Partly because, um, partly because I knew she had been busy recently, and um, I was just like, "Well, you know, what are the odds?" And then, but primarily, I didn't organize the tickets, so I was just kind of like pretty lazy in this whole event. You know, Lexi got the tickets. Roscoe was making the plans, and I was just along for the ride. It wasn't my it wasn't my deal. Yep. But the good news is the um, the timing couldn't have been better. She showed up. Somebody didn't show up. There was an extra ticket. She took the ticket and 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 came to the game. So, um, it was me, guy. Liz, little Teresa, Lou, Lexi, um, obviously Roscoe, Skid. Remember Skid? Skid. He's uh, he's a bartender at Fagan's. He works for the Syracuse Crunch. We maybe we didn't meet him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he had come down here in the um in the summer um to visit Roscoe. Maybe Labor Day weekend, something like that. Okay. So, um, and I've met him and, and hung out with him during my trips up there in you know recent years. Yeah, I remember meeting him. 
So I'm kind of friendly with him. He's a cool guy. Not that I would know who he was if he fell on me. Right, I would right. be like, oh, it's Skid. But he <laughs> fell on me and was like, I'm Skid. I'd be like, oh, okay, I remember you. Which is really funny because um, all you would really need to do is look for the guy who most resembles you in action and attitude. <laughs> and it would be Skid. That would be Skid. Very gregarious and, and personable and, you know. Relatively yeah. smart and well spoken, and Liv had—I mean, uh, Liz had actually said, "Hey, he reminds me a lot of Liv." Um, <laughs> so, so there you go. Oh, uh, well, I guess he was my surrogate, huh? <laughs> he was, he was, um, but not a lot. I didn't get a lot of quality time um, with uh, with Guy Lexi. Um, it's tough when you you kind of have those. Wait, were your seats with them? They were, yeah, we were in the same row, but we were about, you know, 10 seats away. Did Liz actually go to the game? Yeah, so Liz ended up coming to the game. But did she sit behind the bench or whatever? No, no, she took one of the tickets that was in our group. Oh, you had extra tickets? You always have extra tickets. There's always some kind of hijinks going on there. Absolutely. And so when we got to the bar. So who was the group? You, Roscoe was with you, right? So it was. Is Roscoe Skid? Me. So Guy and Lexi organized the tickets. Yeah. It was Roscoe, me. Skid came down from Syracuse on Sunday yep. to hang out with Guy and then ended up um, staying for the game. And then he drove back. Um, I don't know if you had met her, but there's an older bartender from Chuck's, I guess, that Lexi's really good friends with. Um and if he did, maybe you probably don't even remember. I might have because I remember Lexi was—I don't know how much older she was—but there was some girl worked at Chuck's at Lexi's. Like we gotta go, and and she was hanging out with us, and she's like, "Come to Chuck's." I forget what her name was. Yeah, yeah, not that girl. That girl sucked. Okay. This lady. What's that? That girl sucked. <laughs> I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, um, <laughs> that girl sucked. This this woman has like a Jordan was all into her. Yes. No, no, no. This woman is uh, has a has is old enough that her youngest child is graduating from the military academy. And she bartends at fucking Chucks? Correct. Correct. Damn. That's freaking crazy. So, she's in our group. Um Guy and Roscoe's niece, uh the the youngest daughter of his eldest brother. His youngest daughter of his eldest brother. <laughs> so she's like, you know, 25 or something. Um, was Alyssa there? Lexi's sister? Uh, so uh, Alyssa was there with her boyfriend. Yeah, 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 that guy. And that guy, right? That guy. <laughs> and I think he had a friend and a girlfriend who were there. Wow. What about his sister? He had a cute sister. Oh, maybe that's his sister. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because I remember the sister was hanging out with her. She was a student at Syracuse. Does the, was the sister black hair? I think she might have been dark haired. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that must have been it. So it was a sister. His sister. She's kind of cute. Yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. And then, um, and then Liz jumped on the ticket. But Roscoe had a group of buddies who were like two sections over. So do you okay. remember from uh, like guys that went to Syracuse that now live in the city or yes. the surrounding areas? Okay. Exactly. I don't know. Did you and Roscoe just overlap one year? 
Yeah, just one year. Okay. So later on in his career, he made uh, friends with the uh, Going Brothers. Oh, the Going Brothers. They are the Going uh, Brothers. They are about, I don't know, 13 feet 3 inches combined. If you were to stack them. uh, Oh, so they're really tall dudes. Oh, my God. They're humongous. Um, And they're from the Berkshires. And... um, Bobby and Morgan lived with Roscoe, worked at Lucy's. They were part of the Lucy's heyday. Yeah. You know, um, they were all bartenders. They all stayed a fifth year. I think some of them even stayed a sixth year and maybe didn't even graduate. Like, that's where he found Roscoe. That's how he became Roscoe. That's when he found his stride. (laughs) So um, they ended up... um, they ended up getting tickets with a bunch of other guys, and they sat in a different row. Um, and I don't know if he went and hung out with them or, or what. Um, oh, I forgot a very important person. I forgot a very important person. Roscoe's ex-girlfriend. Oh, Lord. Alyssa, who is his college L.A. girlfriend. Okay, so he's the girl they ran out to L.A. for after college. Correct. Correct. Okay. And she was there, and I've known her a long time. She went to, um, she was his date, uh, girlfriend, and his date at uh, Guy's wedding. Okay. So she knows Ange, Ange knows her. Like, you know, that's how we associate Roscoe in a relationship. Gotcha. Not his girlfriend that he lived with in Syracuse, because I, I didn't even know her, and the. You know, the encounters that I had with her weren't very positive. So this is the chick. She's cool. <laughs> Alyssa's cool. Um, and been around a long time. So she came to the game, and they're kind of friendly still. Uh, you know, at least enough to go to the basketball game together. Yeah. Um, so that's our group. And then Roscoe's got his group over there. But little Teresa got her own tickets, and she ended up sitting... Uh, so at Madison Square Garden, there's the 200 levels, which is actually the the highest level. And at the back of the 200 levels are bar seats, just a rail, okay. and then they've got some stools, and you sit there. So she bought a couple. Uh, little Teresa bought those. Those stools. are like cheapest tickets in the arena, or something. It, I think they are, but they're if you're going to be in the 200 levels, they're you they're might probably as well be the there. Best seat, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's really high up. I mean, I've never been in Madison Square Garden. You can never really tell the, uh, I guess, the dimensions when it's on TV because it always looks dark. Okay, you know, so the- here's the here's how Madison Square Garden's fucked up, is that the roof dips down. Okay. So it's not a it's not concave, right? It's convex. Okay. Yeah. So when you're standing or sitting in the last seat of the 200 levels, you cannot look across and see the last seat in the 200 levels. You're right, I think you told me that before. Yeah. You can't see across the arena. Right. But the, yeah. the seats, while they go up very high, they're relatively steep. So you're not far from the court. You're just looking down. Okay. And then they did a bunch of renovations in the garden and made these seats where you actually are sitting 
almost over the court. It's like a yeah, cat- like the, it's like a catwalk thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember seeing about that when they did all those renovations. Yeah. So it's a little disconcerting. That was only like two years ago, right? Yep. Yeah. Very recently. Yeah. yeah. Very recently. So, um, little Teresa is back in her kind of own area, and I, and Liz and I are in the middle. Uh, we have seats eight and nine, you know, of a sixteen. So, so she's just up there with Lou. Yep. They're okay. up there just doing their own thing. So. Um, Liz and I are sitting in the middle. We watch the first half. You know, we're chatting, watching the game. You know, just t- typical stuff. And at halftime, we get up and walk to go chat with uh, TD, little Teresa. Yep. And it's the best because it's it's basically concourse, but nobody has a reason to be up there because there's only you know like eight seats per section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just stood up there for the whole second half, or I stood up there for the whole second half because I hadn't seen her in a while. You know? Yeah, so we, you get in some, get in some QT with them. Yeah. And that's the tough part of like a, a situation like that. That There's a bunch of people there I haven't seen in a long time. And it's not like you're standing around at a bar or, you know, a barbecue and you can just kind of have a multi person conversation or you can just float around. You know, you're, you're kind of locked yeah. in. So, um, you know, I'm chatting with them and, uh, I guess a seat had opened up next to guy at some point And Liz was like, I'm going to go talk to guy. I haven't seen him in forever. So she went down and talked to guy. I hung out with, with, uh, TD and Lou and, you know, watched the game and then, you know, really just kind of focused on, you know, the last, whatever, eight minutes of the game or. Uh, whatever it was, but I should have just kept talking because because there was nothing to watch at that point. It was ridiculous. Yeah, so it was you know it was bittersweet in the sense that you know I got to see a bunch of people, um, but at the same time, like I don't know, that game sucked. We sucked. Yeah, I mean they sucked. Friggin' Tyrell Lydon's too hesitant, man. Fucking take shots when you get them, man. You know, at this point in his career, you think that that would be true. Well, the problem is, last year he wa- he didn't have to be that guy. You know, he didn't have to be the man, and now like he's the best player left, and he but he's not. I, and I was looking because how many times did in that game did he get the ball and it's like, oh, he can shoot that, and then he would pass it. You know, he'd a, do like a, a little fake and then pass it. And friggin' Beheim said the same shit after the game. He's like, you know, because he was one of seven from the field. It's like he should have been, there were ten shots they passed up, you know? Yeah. And then on top of it, they weren't getting him the ball when he was under, you know? Like, they just weren't, we we don't have a point guard, you know? (laughs) That was painfully obvious. Yeah, I mean, that was painfully obvious. And we're working in these fifth year, these grad transfer guys, you know. And uh, I mean, Andrew White's good when he's hitting shots, but the other problem, Andrew White, is sometimes I think he just wants to shoot. He just wants to shoot, and that's it, you know. Here's but, here's why. But Frank Howard's dreadful to watch. Uh, I have a feeling that 
he's gonna we're gonna find ourselves in a in a Caleb Joseph situation with him where yeah. next year he just is just buried on the bench, you know. The downside yeah. is that he'll be a junior, where at least Joseph figured out that he didn't fit or didn't belong or wasn't going to play or couldn't pick it up or whatever the reason well, was. Well, here's the other problem. We don't have a point guard f- signed for next year either. You know? So he might be all we have. <laughs> That's the problem, you know? Um, yeah, we haven't I've... had a point guard since Tyler Ennis, man. Well, Benajay wasn't a point guard. He was just... He had the he had the play point, you know. Right, 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 right. The um, back to the back to the grad transfer guys, and this this might be the solution, right? Um, the grad transfers are super can be super effective on that team because you have to be smart, right, to play in that system. You have, yeah. to, you have to pick things up on the defensive end in order to not let it affect your your offensive game, right? And that's yeah, yeah. that's one of the things Joseph couldn't do, right? He couldn't, you know, he couldn't pick it up. And I think that's well, one of the, the things. Well, the problem that, with the grad transfer guys are coming from, I mean, this is one of our big problems right now, as I see it. Ah, uh, sorry. We have all these new people. You know, we're playing Tyus Battle, freshman. Torian Thompson, freshman. Gillen, transfer. Friggin' White, transfer. None of them have played in this system, you know, and they're learning it. Right. You know, it's painful to freaking watch, you know, because our defense is friggin' terrible. Yeah, know? so that's when they pay dividends is when they're when they're complementary players or they're role players, you know. If you, yeah. if, if you just need a shooter... You know, and you can pick up a grad transfer. He's got the basketball, presumably has the basketball IQ to pick up the things he needs to pick up and then can contribute in a limited scope, right? These guys are just being asked to do too much. Yeah, I mean, it's too many people having to learn how to do stuff all at once. Yeah. You know, I mean, Thompson's defense is terrible anyway, you know? And like like even at the end of the game, yeah, it was a foul, but still, the fact that they called it sucks. But the other problem is, how the hell we let that guy come and grab that friggin' missed shot, you know? Like, I'm sick of, oh, well, you don't rebound good out of the zone. But it's like, we can't give up. Yes, it's harder to rebound out of the zone. But guy throws up a wild shot like that, somebody's got to be down there and put a man on somebody and get the fucking ball. You know? Yeah. That wasn't a product of the zone uh, defensive rebounding there. That was just a product of guys not being hungry for the ball. And, and I, like, did you watch the Wisconsin game? No, I didn't see that game. Oh, God, that was really terrible. Because you know what another thing is? like, And, it, and Howard did something during, that, during the game the other night that pissed me off. It was like in the first half. We have we don't have guys who are gritty enough, you know. Like Howard, there was a point where like we were gonna get the ball, like there was a loose ball, and he's gonna get it, and but he doesn't get it, and he just keeps running. Me while the guy for UConn's on the ground, and he grabs it, and it's like you gotta get on the fucking ground and mix this shit up. And like against Wisconsin, they were like 
they would have the ball knocked out of their hands. They throw lazy passes. It's, you know, just like shit that freaking drives me nuts. And Leiden was doing it too, you know, so it didn't, all of the guys are freaking doing it. It's just, I don't know, man. Sometimes, I, I don't know. And the other night, it looked like they were damn sleepwalking during that game, you know? Right. It was freaking awful. You know, it's just like, I don't know. Like, UConn out-rebounded us, and a lot of that's just hustle. Our guys don't always seem like, you know, like they, and they were doing the same stuff against Wisconsin, where it's just like, oh, they don't expect some guy to come leaping out from uh, five feet beyond them to come and grab the rebound, you know? They're too, they're too, I don't know, too laissez-faire, I guess is the word. I think a lot of the problem is that, the, I don't know why, but the expectations for this team were, were relatively high. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with everybody thought, oh man, look at the way Tyler Lydon played. They got him coming back. You got these friggin' Battle and Thompson who were both like highly recruited guys. And we live in a day and age where freshmen are going to be playing lots, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then you're getting a you're getting a forty something percent three point shooter too to add to this team, you know. Oh, and that guy Gillett, he's going to be able to play the point. Oh, and Howard will be so much better. But you know, none of them are living up to what people. I mean, White has done it a few times, but you know, the other night he wasn't hitting shots. But that's uh, also a product of everything was so disjointed the other night. You know, nothing was smooth. Yeah. Even when he hit that three-pointer tie of the game, it's like that was friggin' pretty much a bailout because Howard comes and friggin' picks up his dribble when he shouldn't have picked up his dribble, you know? It's And another thing they do that kills me is they don't penetrate the lane enough. How many times the other night, because I noticed it watching on TV, they'd sit there, running offense is not and movement is not standing around the perimeter and passing the ball all around the perimeter the whole time. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm talking about? How many times they were doing that? I do. Everybody's I do. standing around three-point line. They're just passing the ball. And then the other point was they kept shooting three-pointers, which they kept missing. But on top of it, they kept shooting from the pro line on top of it, you know? Yeah. A, a couple of those shots, I was like, what the fuck are they doing? They kept shooting from the pro line. Which I don't even understand. It's like, do these guys not realize they can shoot that shot two and a half feet closer than where they are or whatever, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, it was ridiculous. Right. It was like they were confused. Yeah. Oh, God. It was just, I don't know. I thought I, you know, I kind of was really pissed off the other night, so I'm kind of down for it now. It's still just as annoying, you know, because... UConn is not good. They lost to Wagner and Northeastern their first two games of the season, and that was with their full team. Right. You know, all the guys that they were, like when I was watching a game the other night, about all the guys that were missing now, you know, the three guys that aren't playing anymore. Well, all those guys were playing against Wagner and Northeastern, and they still lost to those teams, you know? So it's like we should have shelled them. I don't know. We're up by 11 points, and then we don't we score 10. Well, and then it was 10 points. And then from that point on, we were up 40-30, and we don't score another. We score 10 points the rest of the game. 
Craziness. The one thing that I was really uh, surprised at was um, how outmanned we were in the stands. Usually, anytime I've ever been to a Syracuse game at MSG, even a St. John's home game, it's at least 50% orange. It wasn't that way the other night? No, no. I just assumed it would have been 50-50. No. <laughs> there were way more UConn fans. Well, technically, it was a UConn home game, I think. Um, yeah, but they're... Now, granted, they're a little closer than Syracuse, but not much. Yeah, that's weird, because... Stores huh. is, what, probably three and a half hours, I'm going to say, from MSG. Well, the guy that hit that long shot was a Syracuse grad. That kid that they pulled out of the stands. Uh, he was a Syracuse, yes. Yes, that was great. Yes. The place went crazy. Yeah, place I mean, crazy. they showed it on TV, and, he's, and they didn't even make any mention of this, but he shows he goes there, he's high-fiving people, and it was Dino Babers he was high-fiving. I high saw fiving. that. They showed him. Yeah, but they, the... made, but they made no mention of it on ESPN. They were like, oh, and he's getting high-fives. They didn't even, I guess they didn't realize it was Dino Babers. Uh, see, know? they were showing that on the Jumbotron. I picked that out right away. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, Stores is about two hours and 40 minutes, two hours and 45 minutes. Um, so, you know, it's half the distance to New York City. But it's the state school for Connecticut, you know, so... I mean, which is basically a suburb of New York. Yeah, but I was surprised that there were so many. Yeah, I mean, that surprised me because I thought it would have been, I thought it would have been a fifty-fifty thing, because I'd always assume UConn would have a large follow in New York City anyway, because it's, I don't know. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It would seem like going to an LSU game in New Orleans, you know, right, or whatever, you know, because it's so many Connecticut people are in New York or drive into New York anyway, you know. But they have the uh, you know the student section seats behind the baskets uh, on the floor and the risers, which you know I'm gonna probably say 25 rows, uh, both sides, 20 seats on each side. UConn was full, you know, including band and and cheerleaders, and uh, the Syracuse side had like a smattering. Huh, weird. Hardly any. Um, <laughs> and then the fans in the stands, it wasn't sold out. There were empty seats. Oh really? Yeah, a couple. Not not a ton, but a couple. There's a section they didn't open, so maybe that had something to do with it. But um Yeah, a lot of Yukon fans. Way more than uh way more than I would have expected, especially at a Syracuse game. Yeah. Oh well, because they suck. You know who yeah. I blame? Millennials. <laughs> the millennials. Yeah, they just don't—they don't show up, man. Who like Lexi? Uh, I guess Lexi's a millennial, huh? <laughs> yeah, she definitely is. She's rabid. Yeah, she's a rabid uh, consumer of Syracuse athletics. Yeah, I know. They're at every event within a five hundred mile radius of Orange County. Yeah, she and she has those orange and blue socks, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's to me. That's how you know you're a fan if you have those orange and blue knee high socks. <laughs> so you're gonna say unless i get those you won't know i'm a fan correct i think it would look kind of weird on me as a matter of fact i'm gonna go out on a limb and say you're not a fan because you don't have them yeah well there you go <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, my big uh my big night out in the city i have a conundrum 
for tomorrow. I won these two tickets uh, from my public radio station to go see a concert in the city tomorrow night. And I'm going to be up there anyway. I'm going to be in Jersey City, which is... <laughs> I was I was giving uh, my dilemma to Roscoe, and as I explained to him, I said, listen, I'm halfway there, you know? And yeah. he laughed, because Jersey City is literally across the river. That's all. That's yeah, I know. I've been to Jersey City. Like, it's... Yeah. It's literally across from Lower Manhattan, right? Yeah, so... Um, you know, like, it was where the Twin Towers used to be, is when you're yes. standing... Next to, like, that Colgate sign or whatever. Yep, yep. Yeah. Because yeah. so, I had a friend that lived in a building right there. I'm 80% there. <laughs> you know, I'm, nine, yes. I'm 90% there. All you got to do is hop on the friggin' path train and you're there. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I don't want to let the tickets go to wait because I got to pick them up at Will Call. Where are they at? Where, uh, are, they, where are the tickets to? Highland Ballroom. It's a it's a concert. It's a, some singer-songwriter chick. Yay, Yale name. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know who that is. Sounds yeah. sounds Israeli. Um, she's a Israeli French singer songwriter. You know, okay. you would have known the song. It, there's, it's the uh, back in uh, back in like the mid two thousand two thousand seven two thousand eight something like that. Um, there was a uh, Apple commercial for uh, maybe the MacBook Air or something, and the song was called New Soul. Okay. Uh, I guess if I heard the song. Yeah, I can't even. I'm not even going to hum a few bars, but. Uh, it's uh, always fun when people have gone to concerts where the reference is, oh, you know the song in that commercial? <laughs> right. That's <laughs> it's the only song I know. I know, because there's a one. <laughs> there's a group with. <laughs> this guy who, who I went to law school with who's in all that, like, hipster type of indie band type of thing and and years ago you got a concert it was edward sharp and the magnetic zeros who i've heard of but i never heard of him at the time he's like oh but you know their their songs in some commercial this commercial and I, I wish i could remember the commercial because you would know the song right if right. i told you, you know? <laughs> but it's still the only song that i know by this group and it's like well i'm probably not gonna be too interested in any, any band that the only frame of reference I have for them is that they were in a commercial for Amazon or whatever the fuck it was. You know? <laughs> uh, that's I'm uh, in the same boat here, but I kn- I knew the name. I hadn't won a contest in a while, so so I was eligible. Um, and all you got to do is email back that you're entering the contest, and the first one that 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 uh, sends an email gets the the tickets. So uh, I was like, listen, I want to st- just do more stuff, man. You know, quit sitting around your house. So this was like three or four weeks ago, and I, I, I was convinced that it would be the holidays and I'd be interested and I'd want to do something. And more importantly, I'd find somebody to go with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the biggest farce. I got two tickets. Who the fuck am I going with? Yeah, I know. Trust me, I got that issue all the fucking time. You know? Roscoe's been working his ass off, but I learned my lesson. I learned my lesson. I don't go to concerts with Roscoe anymore. Yeah. Plus, it sucks going everywhere with dudes. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Keep going on mandates. (laughs) 
It's like you feel like, what the fuck's my world? I'm not supposed to be going on mandates at this age, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. the mandate's supposed to be like the getting away from it at this age, you know? Right. Not not the default. Yeah. <laughs> right. Not every movie you go see. Yeah. You know? Although you do like to go see movies alone, so that's a bad example. Well, yeah, I do go see movies alone and and rare, and every now and then I go to see one with friggin' Jordan because he likes to go to movies too. Right. So right. you know. Yeah, it's funny. So, so you're you're Jordan's acceptable acceptable mandate, but at this point Jordan is just he's he's your regular date. Yes. Yes. Tale I guess two, so. Tale of Two Cities. Yeah, see, because he's married, so he gets out, he goes to a movie with me, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the way it's supposed to be, you know? You win some, you lose like, some. Would we, we went and saw Arrival a couple of weeks ago, you know? Oh, with Amy Adams. I'm softening. I'm softening my stance on Amy Adams. Oh, yeah, you had a problem with her, right? Yeah, I had a problem with Amy Adams. <laughs> Even though she wore not over the orange T-shirt. That's why I had a problem with Amy Adams. Because she wore the out of the orange T-shirt. Yes, exactly, exactly. What was she trying to prove? That was that that bugged me a little. I don't think she went to any college or anything. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. <laughs> if uh, you know, Tay Diggs shows up with a Syracuse shirt, or uh, yeah, but Syracuse needs all the fans they can, man. No, you know, no, no. Be selective. You just don't want. What if Shia LaBeouf showed up with a? With a Syracuse I'd rather have Academy Award nominated Amy Adams. I mean, she's a preeminent actress right now than Shia LaBeouf. Well, here's the deal with Amy Adams. Shia the Beef. The thing with Amy Adams was I, I didn't know what to make of her, and she confused me a little bit. She was in that new Muppet movie that came out years ago with Jason Segal. Yeah, so I Siegel, didn't, yeah, I didn't good. see that. I didn't see that. Um, so why does it should not have a filmography? Oh, her, her filmography has its own page. So what, uh, let's Were you on IMDb? Uh, no, I just went to Wikipedia. I find that's a little easier to navigate for these conversations. American Hustle. Start naming some movies she's in. So I think she was in The Fighter. Wasn't she in that? I want to see when she came on my radar. I don't know when she would have... So I, see, I saw that movie Drop Dead Gorgeous. I thought that was funny, but she didn't have a... I never did see that. I don't think she had a starring role in that. How old is that movie? Uh, that was uh, 1999. Oh, yeah. That's a long time ago. Amy Adams. Oh. Yeah, okay. So you know why? Kirsten Dunst was the was the star of that movie. So that's, Yeah, so that's one of those teenage movies. That was my attention was drawn to Kirsten Dunst. And then... Yes. Uh, let's see. Catch me if she's in Catch Me If You Can. I don't know what she was in in that. It looks like a yeah. Minor, that's before she was a star, star. You know, minor role. So that's what I'm trying to find. It's like what was her? What was her breakout? Enchanted. She was in Enchanted. She was the star in Enchanted. That probably was her breakout role. Okay, and then uh, Sunshine Cleaning. Amy Adams, Emily Blunt. So. Okay, here's where it was then, where she did a she had a string of these movies, where where she kind of played 
like n- nondescript forlorn cute chick. Right? Nondescript what? Nondescript forlorn cute awkward chick kinda. Yeah, yeah. Right? So that's she did uh Sunshine Cleaning, Miss Pettigrew Lies for a Day. Uh, what was Doubt? Uh, Doubt's the one about the Catholic abuse stuff. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. Or Meryl Streep and I think Philip Seymour Hoffman might have been in that, too. Yeah, you know, that was one of those, like, Academy Award-nominated serious movies, yeah. Um, tr- uh, Julia and Julia. Julie yeah, and that Julie. was a really big breakout one, I think. Yeah. And then, with the one where with Julia Child, yeah. <laughs> so that's where she got on my radar in in that 2008 2009 stretch, and I didn't know what to make of her. But then she went and did a bunch of roles where she was critically acclaimed. the 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 fighter, the Muppets. Yeah, the fighter, the Muppets. I saw both of those. Um, she was in the Master, which I saw as well. Yeah, uh, Man of Steel. Man of Steel, I saw that. Yeah, she played Lois Lane in there. Uh, Her, which is... um, Yes, I saw that as well. And then, okay, so right around this time is when when I start to reevaluate her is American Hustle. Yeah, which is a very good movie. Because now... Like she confused me. I didn't know if she was a good actress or she just got by in her looks. And then I didn't know if she was good looking or not good looking. Well, and she's then, not. I don't think of her as like some beautiful actress. Well, right. That's the thing. Like I, I, I didn't know what to make of her. I didn't know what to make of her. So, so finally, around American Hustle, I start to give her some. Uh, I give her her due. Um, and then, and then, and then she's blown up. You know, now she's Lois Lane and Arrival and. Yeah, now she's the top billing star in movies. Yes. Um, I also didn't realize she's, she'd done some. Some some minor TV work. She was in uh, she was in The Office. I remember those episodes. Okay. Uh, she was a uh, traveling purse salesperson. Um, back in like 2005, before she she kind of made it big. But, yeah, before she blew up. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I've had my ups and downs with her, and the 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 Syracuse T-shirt I think came during one of the downs. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it was only like four years ago or something. Well, it was right before the that right before I had turned. I'll tell you when it was. Let's see. Three or four years ago. Oh, Pinterest. Come on. I Google the image, you know. American Yeah. It was uh yeah, it was <laughs> it was uh January thirteenth, twenty fourteen. Oh, okay, so yeah, well, almost three years ago now at this yeah. point. Yeah, so, so I was just coming. Uh, I think I was just coming to turn the page. So, anyway, still don't, still don't know what to make. Of her. I don't know. How do we start talking about Amy Adams? 
Oh, you went to see Arrival. How was it? It was it was good. <laughs> good. All right. Go see it. All right. Also, um, go see Doctor Strange if you haven't seen Doctor Strange. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know how to handle these superhero movies. Because I, I understand that they're superhero movies and that you can just sit down and watch a superhero movie and be entertained by it. But there's so much built into the franchise that I'm like, well, obviously, if I want to see that, I should go and watch, you know, from Iron Man to whatever the current Avengers movie is because Spider-Man's in that one and he's now going to have his own series and it's going to have a crossover with Doctor Strange but at the same time I know I'm an adult I can go and pick up whatever the message yeah, that yeah you don't selling. need to see them all man I say this go see the Marvel movies fuck the DC movies that's it that's where that's how that's the line you're going to draw well I mean, I saw Man of Steel. And I thought it was all right. I mean, I didn't because I went into it with I wanted to enjoy it, you know. But by the same token, I was like, it's it was trying too hard to keep up with the Marvel movies, you know, by being dark. Yeah. You know, and yes, the Dark Knight movies were good. Don't get me wrong, there. Those were good movies, but with the exception of that, all the Marvel, all the DC movies suck. And you know why? Because the Marvel movies, a Marvel always took took place in real in the real world, you know. Yes. Yep. Like they they weren't in Gotham City or Metropolis; they were in New York, you know, or friggin' Los Alamos or some bullshit, you know. Whoever they were doing this these experiments, you know, like it, like and they and and they never had like characters like Superman, who the only thing that he's susceptible to is the most rare thing in the world. You know, it's like they got friggin' real people with real problems. And now you got the movies. Like, the Marvel comics always did have a darker edge to them to begin with, you know? Okay. So, like, now you got the Marvel movies and they're kicking ass, making all this money, and DC wants to do the same thing. So, what they try to do, they come out with the Batman versus, where they come out with the Man of Steel where Superman just start, starts destroying shit and. And he killed somebody, which is so unsupermanny to do, you know. And then they come out with this Batman versus Superman movie, which, you know, I mean, I had no interest in seeing. And it sounds like it was a train wreck. And say what you want about Ben Affleck. I enjoyed him in movies like Argo in the town and all that. But I, I can't see him being Batman, especially after Christian Bale played him in three movies, you know. Yeah, that's I have a little bit. That's where I have a little bit of a disconnect with all these movies. Like, didn't we just have a a Batman? <laughs> you know, yeah. didn't we just have? Uh, well, and he's supposed to, and that's the Batman he's supposed to be is the Batman out of that, the Dark Knight one. You know, basically, you know, not like Michael Keaton's Batman. You know, it's like the new Batman, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Dark Knight shit. You know, yeah. But I, but the problem is. Marvel right now, and I was explaining this the other day, like, you go see Doctor Strange. 
Who's in Doctor Strange? You got Benedict Cumberbatch plays Doctor Strange. Tilda Swinton is in Doctor Strange. And uh, what's his name? QL Odafor or something like that, who was in 12 Years a Slave. Like, they have better actors. They got, like, serious, real actors. And who played Superman? A guy who I only know of as Superman now, Henry Cavill. You know? <laughs> right. Like, right. there's bigger... You, and you go see an Avengers movie, and who's in the Avengers movies? Scarlett Johansson, Robert Downey Jr., friggin' Mark Ruffalo. Uh, what's that guy's name that was in... The guy that was... He was in Arrival as well. And he's in the town with Ben Affleck. What's his name? Oh, J- Renner. Yeah, Jeremy Renner. Yeah. They just have... They just have everything gone for them, you know? All They're right. just better deal. They don't have to try so hard to be dark because they already were dark. So it doesn't seem like they're being unnatural when they are, you know? Yeah, and, and they, I, I think they that... They make better movies. They have better directors, everything. All right, sorry. I, I think that was the whole point of Marvel was that, A, it was a little more realistic, and B, yeah. it's a little more irreverent. Yep. So it's it's... It, it can be tongue in cheek. It makes fun of itself sometimes, like Deadpool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Deadpool. You know? Yeah, and the, and and the thing is, like, and and that's why Batman's the only one that's ever really worked, I think, because he's the only DC character who really is, you know, who's always been fucked up, you know. Yeah, yeah. So he gives in to like, he, it's great to he's he's a great character to have movies built around, you know. I mean. And the problem with, like, when they did Superman in the 70s with Christopher Reeve, it's like, yeah, that's what Superman was. Then they come out, they they rebooted that Superman years ago, which flopped, which I never saw. Then they come out with Man of Steel because they're like, well, now we got to make him darker because this is what it is, you know? And it's just like, I don't know, man. It's just They're just trying to play catch up. And it's like, you just got to stick with what you know. I had no interest in seeing Suicide Squad. That seems like it would suck to me. And that's another uh, DC type of make stuff. You know, I guess it's based on a series, but still, you know, like a a comic book series. But still, it's just like, I don't know. I guess they have their fans, but I don't think there's a whole. I don't think it. I don't think it's draw for that's going to be as wide as, you know, as wide as they were hoping it was going to be. Yeah, I think the. The Marvel drive. I mean, the the Marvel audience um, is much bigger and more relevant these days because they they introduce characters and comic books and and products that are in line more with with you know today's I don't want to say today's youth. I don't sound like a curmudgeon, but like who's reading comic books? You know, like hipsters and tweeners and well, and not to mention that now. With the exception of Spider-Man and, like, Deadpool, everything else is owned by Disney. And say what you want, but Disney knows how to make fucking movies, man. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, what, next week? Next weekend, right? Uh, Rogue One comes out. you have any interest in seeing that? Yeah, yeah, I do want to see that. But I'm not going to go next weekend because you know it will be nuts. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to wait. We'll go over uh, Christmas like we did last year. Yeah, like last year I went to go see – yeah, I guess I went to see it the following week when I went to go see The uh, Force Awakens. But it was uh, 
you know, I mean, it was still crowded, but it wasn't like where like you're standing in lines and all that bullshit. I can't, I can't go for that, man. Yeah. My instinct I mean, I remember is, being a kid sitting in line for Jedi for hours. <laughs> I don't want to do it at this point in my life. The, uh, hey, relax. Nobody's, we're not going to wait in line. I promise. Um, <laughs> hey, come on. Third floor guard dogs. They're tough when they're 30 feet away from the action. Hey, come on. They see somebody out a window or something? Yeah. Come here. Come here. Come here. Oh, and they get all riled up. Can't get them calmed down. Um, yes. <clears throat> so I'm going to check that out. I'll go, uh, you know, between Christmas and New Year's. When, when yeah, my yeah. That's how to do something like that. Is around. It calls off from school. Yeah, 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 you got that. You got to uh, go with. <laughs> well, I, uh, what else you got? Because my night call, as you can tell, my night call is. No, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, I'm good to, to go. Uh, I mean, I can't, tomorrow night I'm going to go see Adam Sandler, David Spade, and Rob Schneider in concert. Oh, no way. Nick Swartzen, too, I guess. I'm really hoping Norm MacDonald makes a cameo out there. That would be great. Because I know he's been, it's, this tour Adam Sandler's organizing, Netflix tour. Okay. And he's been, it's Adam Sandler and basically a revolving cast of SNL people from the 90s. Okay. You know, and I know last week he had a tour stop like in Florida somewhere where Norm MacDonald was one of the people. And I would love to see Norm MacDonald because I think he's fucking funny as hell. Yeah, he is funny. And I just bought tickets. To that. They went on sale this morning, tickets for Chris Rock in March. Because I always said I was definitely going to buy Chris Rock tickets every year it came. And Monday he announced he was going on tour and the freaking tickets went on sale this morning. You know? Nice. So, nice. you know, probably be another mandate. Because you don't <laughs> buy just one ticket to that shit. You got to buy two. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I bought two tickets to see the Lumineers in, uh, at MSG okay, in February. Either. But I had to buy two of them, you know? Yeah, because you, you're not going to buy one. <laughs> no. No. Well, I guess there's some weirdos that do, but you can't. I'm going to end up eating. Well, eating the thing the is, I ended up buying two sets of the fucking Chris Rock tickets because the way the fucking Ticketmaster shit was working this morning, you know? Like, oh. I get on because it was the pre-sale this morning. Yeah. But it didn't shock me because it's in a 3,000-seat arena and it's Chris Rock, you know? 3,000-seat theater, you know? Yeah, yeah. Maybe less seats than that. So... You know they're going to go up quick, you know? Right. So I I get on there, and I keep saying, no seats. I had to keep clicking it, you know? Because, you know, everybody's just fucking crushing the site. Right. Which is what's probably going on, you know? And they say tickets don't go into sale to the general public till Friday. I don't even know what fucking tickets will be left at that point, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, so, like, uh, so, like, after hitting it, like, ten times, finally it says... These tickets are available. I was like, oh, I can get better seats than that. You know, so I tried to go. Uh, so I hit it again. And then finally more tickets came up after like 10 more times. And it was worse seats, you know. <laughs> I was like, fuck this. And then, <laughs> and then I hit it again. I was like, all right, well, I got to do something else. And then uh, they were like, well, send us your phone number. We'll tell you if tickets are available, you know. 
So I did that and I get text message and I click on it. And it was like, oh, right now it's the lower level tickets, you know, which is where I want to be. Not up fucking way back in the balcony, you know? Yeah. Because um, it's, you know, it's an old theater. So it's just, you yep. know, the ground floor and the balcony, you know? Yep. And, and I was like, all right. I was like, well, I better fucking buy these now after that shit happened before, you know? <laughs> Even though I was trying to get the most expensive tickets, the best seats closest to the to the stage, you know? Yeah. So, but these tickets were like seventy bucks a piece, which end up being like ninety bucks a piece after they put all their friggin' surcharges on everything. You yep. Know? <laughs> so, I just bought them. I was like, "All right, that's fine." And then, just out of curiosity, I go back a couple of minutes. I go back and click on it again, and now new tickets come up that are closer, probably because people were doing the same shit that you know, because you know, if you don't buy them after a couple of minutes, they they go back into the pool. Yeah. You know, so it was probably shit like that happening, you know? Well, and then it's like the, the more expensive tickets were a lot closer to the stage. I, and I looked at the seating charts. I was like, fuck that. I'm just buying these two, too, because <laughs> I'll definitely be able to sell the two Chris Rock tickets, you know? Right. You know, I was like, it's going to, there's going to be a market for that because Chris Rock hasn't been on tour in years, you know? So I was like, fuck it. I was like, I'll find somebody to buy the other two tickets. Yeah. What? Uh, where's the show? At the Sanger Theater. S A E N G E R. Well, you what's look the date? The Sanger. Yeah. March twenty fifth. Which is when they wanted to do that friggin' baseball draft. I was like, well, fuck it. I, I, I always said if Chris Rock went back on tour, I was definitely going to go see him. I don't give a fuck about the baseball draft. I'll sit here and do it by the computer. You know, I'm not going to go three hours away. Sorry, can't go see Chris Rock. I got to go to a fantasy baseball draft. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. How? Uh, let's see. So. I don't tickets are tickets for for shitty tickets are eighty six bucks. Is that all that's left? No, I'm looking on StubHub. Oh, okay. That's see, because originally I think the price range was forty nine fifty to one hundred twenty five. It was like three levels: forty nine, sixty nine, and one twenty five or whatever. So where where's the worst set? What's the location of the? Of I'd the... say it's. Whatever the highest letter is in the balcony, probably, you know? So you, so your other tickets, the ones you're going to try to get rid of, are in the balcony? No, no, they're on a lower level, yeah. But they're near the back of the theater. Row double E, which I looked at, is probably like two or three rows from the back of the lower area of the theater, so you know? So orchestra, orchestra side double E? It's in the middle. Oh, the it's middle. in the middle. That's even better. Yeah, it's better. I'll be able to get rid of them. I'm not worried about that, you know? You, uh... Oh, jeez. You could probably get, uh, 150 bucks for them. So... And and the ones I ended up getting, I think, are row L, I think, on the side. Let me, let me look it up real quick. Let me look at the email. I'll tell you, because you can give me an idea what those are going for, since I don't feel like looking up on... Uh, okay. Orchestra left, row S, 
two seats there. So orchestra left. Row, row S. S. Yeah, there's a pr- those are actually decent seats. Yeah, so those are. I'm not. I'm not selling those though. But I'm just curious what they're going for now. Boy, let's see. Uh, probably. I don't know. I'd probably get like one one eighty for them. Okay, for each, right? Yeah, one eighty each. Yeah, if you sold yeah. those right now. But uh, here would be my suggestion on the uh, on your center orchestras there. I, I, to, what's the what's the ballpark on the on the total cost? I think I I think I had to pay like one sixty eight total for those two each. No, 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 no for the for the center together, the two of them. So I 80, think the total cost ended up being eighty four something a piece. Eighty four something a piece. Jeez, man, I would uh, if I were yeah, because then they give you a convenience fee for the right to use the website. <laughs> fucking outrageous dude <laughs> so here's what i would do with those if i were you i would uh i'd put those up on like StubHub. and well i'm gonna ask my sister first though oh, i mean what's your sure. what's your recommendation sure. because so my, my rec- sister mari sent a text yesterday about y'all know about this you know to me and my other sister so you know she one of them might want to go with boyfriend or husband or whatever you know oh, of course if you can get rid of them to friends and then you're yeah good. uh so orchestra double d uh center so that's essentially your seat your seat yeah yeah sitting d. right behind those people uh, are 150 yeah damn so i would say because what's going to happen is um more tickets are just going to come on for this right like yeah friday there's going to be a whole other glut of tickets. Personally, if I had to get rid of two tickets, I would say I'd throw mine up there for like 115 or 120 bucks. So they're outrageously noticeable but not outrageously underpriced. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Somebody is either going to look at that as a huge deal or some broker is going to be like those are so underpriced, I need to buy them. Cuz they yeah, have yeah, yeah. They have inventory that they're going to be trying to get rid of. They don't want somebody that's, you know, devaluing the market. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I'll talk to my – I'll see if siblings want to go, you know. That's always the first choice. If you can get somebody – if you can get, you know, a friend – if you can sell them for I mean, because, face. yes, I would love to make back the money. <laughs> That'd be great yeah. <laughs> to make money on them, but we'll see. Right, right. Yeah. All right, well, that's uh, Maddie's Ticket Corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah if you can't, get, you can't get rid of them, because the as it goes on, then your best bet is going to be to find somebody you know who will give you your money back for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So, all right, man, then on that note. All uh, right. With apologies to Girk's brother, we will see you guys next week. All right. Good night, Fredo. 